Go. Hey, y'all. This is Whitney Nasley from WhitneyNasley.com, and I'm live with Jeff on Vroom Vroom Beer today. Woo. Awesome. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Is that good? Yes, that was great. I'm going to go away. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited. Great. I'm excited too. And you've got birds. You've got some sort of crane. I, I forgot what kind of crane you've got, right? Yes, yes. In, in your they're yard. Now. Yes. <laughs> As we speak, they're speaking too. <laughs> That's great. I can't hear them, but you know, if we did, that would be awesome, I think. I know. And then there's a thunderstorm. There's these weird monsoony things veering around uh, Las Vegas this year. So oh. these strange thunderstorms are popping up. And they pop up, they're here for five minutes, and then they're gone. But it's oh. it's kind of fun. Keep your car in your garage. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, see, I live in I live in Florida, so right. we get those big tropical things coming through, and all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I lived in Panama City, Florida for about three years. Ah, so you know. I do know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the lightning and the rain. My goodness. And then, of course, yeah. hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, those two. <laughs> I actually evacuated from, uh, I can't remember which one that I evacuated from. It wow. was about the time of Hurricane Aaron. So, man, I'm going way back in the time machine. But what what happened was um, there was a, I was in the Air Force. I was active duty Air Force guy at Tyndall yep. Air Force Base in Panama City. And uh, the brand new base commander sort of panicked a little bit and sent everybody from base housing to Fort Rucker, Alabama. Oh. And Fort Rucker got hit worse than we did. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said, oh. Oh, I know. (laughs) You know, you got to be kind of strategic with those moves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It turned out not such a good idea. But I mean, you know. You know, he he thought he did what he thought was best. So I know, yeah, you know, and did. it all worked out, and we were all safe and fine. You know, and we hey, I'm little... talking to you now. So. That's right, I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole adventure of you know being evacuated and living in uh, army barracks for a couple of nights. It was it was fun. Wow. It's like an that adventure. Cool. Yeah, yeah, fun. that's pretty awesome. Okay, so before we get too deep into everything Florida and my past and your past. <laughs> Um, let's talk a little bit about your business at intuitivestrategies.com. So what have you got going on these days? Yeah. So basically what I do is I help business owners, uh, hire right the first time, you know, um, I hear it. Yeah. 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 It's like my background is in HR and did that for many years for, uh, I was an HR director for, uh, mid-sized company with 200 team members. So I have a lot of hiring and 
everything else that goes with that right. uh, in my back pocket, right? So when I branched out on my own, I said, you know, there's all these businesses out there that have anywhere from one person that really they don't know how to hire right. up to 40 or 50 people that can't really afford an HR director. Right. And so that's when I decided to start doing this. And my main scope is helping them hire right the first time. That's that's a good idea. You know, you now yeah. you're the you'll be you'll have been the second HR. <laughs> they say they say H like H oh, in in England. Yeah. So I Janice, know. she was she she's an HR consultant too. She oh, hasn't okay. been on the show yet. I recorded the show, but you haven't heard it yet. Uh, so this is yeah. So I didn't know that this is something that you can do. You can take your your HR experience. We're in we're in America. We're gonna say H. Um, <laughs> you can take your HR experience and and branch out and be a you're basically like a coach consultant business, basically, right? Absolutely. That's that's absolutely right. Nice. Yep. Nice. Wow. Okay. Sounds like fun. Oh, it is fun. It is fun, especially when it comes to that hiring piece, you know, because right. there's an art to it. There's a science to it. It's not hiring your uncle or best right. friend. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is even now, most businesses are clueless. Yeah, they really are. You know, even and the it, big ones, they just don't know. You know, it's like a crapshoot every time. Yeah. And what's really tough is, you know, when you do hire that wrong person, it really is like an orange in the apple cart, right? Because right. all the team members know, everyone who works there, they all kind of know. And in the back of their mind, they're, go they're going, oh, wow, this isn't going well. Are they ever going to fire her or him, whoever it is? Are they ever going to let him <laughs> it's go? It's really and hard, then, right? Yeah. And then people are freaked out to hire, because, uh, to fire because it's like, oh, my gosh, what if they sue? Right, which is right. a reality. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very big reality. So yeah, yeah. that's what I step in and help businesses. So with is that now, now my wife uh, did some HR stuff in her last <laughs> job. Okay. So, and she always complained forever about these two or three uh, bad apples at the, at the job. Right. And, yeah. and how, you know, the, the company just won't fire them because they're, they're so, insanely afraid of getting sued right yeah yeah and it it the thing is though that they would they had absolutely no problem whatsoever firing a salesperson that didn't meet quota right right it's, so that's what, just a truism right that's so it's, it is okay okay yeah and what businesses don't or business owners in particular don't really understand is there's so much more damage that's happening right with that person than what they can visually see. And oh, right. when you finally get to the point where you do let them go, all of a sudden you start hearing all these these horror stories, right? right? And then it's like, oh man, why didn't I do that like six years ago? Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Because what, yeah. the what the boss knows about is like the tip of the iceberg. Oh it's, yes. It's only oh, the, the very worst of stuff mm -hmm. right? that filters right. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, even if it is one of those kind of team members, one of those kind of employees, right. when you really, uh, do the art and science, right. Of doing it the right way. Uh, yeah, you know, they may go find an attorney, but chances are it won't go very far because you've done everything on your end. You've needed right. to do to ensure that you've yeah. given them every opportunity to make it work. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and and when I, on these long walks that we were doing, I was telling her, <laughs> because, you know, I was in the Air Force 20 years, right? So right, right. if there's any sort of like, 
organization, it's that wants very hard to try to keep an employee. It's the military. They they have to, right? Yeah. Because they they have they're basically legally bound to love you until they don't love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they don't love you, watch out. Because then it's just document, 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 get out, you know, and and you're probably going to, you know, if you don't get lucky, you'll probably have a a federal felony, you know, on your record, which is awful. Right. So, Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things where in the workplace, communication is critical. And it's interesting because I so many businesses, team members, leadership, they don't know how to communicate properly. Oh, so true. Um, yeah, and when you open that up, it's really a remarkable thing uh, for team members to be able to voice their opinions, uh, to hear both sides of, of what needs to be said. It's really important, and so I work a lot with communication within businesses. So let's talk. Let's go back in time and talk about some of your Vroom Veer stories because you weren't always sure. on your own, right? So right. where would you like to start? I mean, when did, what was your college, say, experience like? Right. Well, you know, I, I grew up on a really small farm in northern Indiana and oh, okay. um, really small high school. So by the time it was time to go to the big city, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I had to say after a few years, it was one of those things where I I kind of fell into step with what was really important. So I'd say by about my junior year of college, I really started to focus more, gear up more. So as far as that went, college went pretty smooth for me. Okay. Um, What didn't go so smooth, though. (laughs) What's the first job, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. After getting out of college, it was just like I had such a rough spirit. Um, you know, I works, I would work some one place for six months and then another place for a year and then another place for six months. And then finally I fell into this place that I really enjoyed. It was a retail store and I started there in management and, um, and I think I loved them because they were constantly moving me. So at the time I was in Northern Indiana, they moved me to Chicago. They put me in several different stores in Chicago, places where they were really having challenges, having problems. Um, and I was able to go in there and like fix it. Like I was the fixer. Oh, that's nice. Um, that's a good yeah, role, right? Nice. It was such a juicy, great, great, great role. Yeah. And, and then I found myself unmarried and pregnant. <laughs> That happens. Yeah, yeah, things do happen. So um, I decided to, you know, make the trip back home uh, to northern Indiana. And it was really a challenge for me Um, being in the place where I was really enjoying it and really, um, you know, getting out into the world and being able to dive into challenging situations and then going back to the small town that I grew up in was really hard. Uh, so that's, yeah, that would have been one of those moments, you know, one one of those those, beer things, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of those beer things. Um, but then shortly thereafter, about five years later, I decided to move to the Florida area to South Florida and it was great. Um, again, I was in the juicy stuff. I was able to, you know, work in different places where I was really able to get my hands dirty. And, um, I became a director of human resources in 1991 And everything was going great. It was really rocking. And um, then my mom came down with terminal cancer in 2001. Yikes. Ah. And that was, 
Yeah, that was a really, really tough time. I felt like I was in that space where I was focusing so much on my family. You know, I had two smaller boys. I, I had this great career. And from the outside to the rest of the world, you know, my windows were all shiny and bright. But right. on the inside, I could hardly see out. Yeah, no, I get it. It was really, really, really a tough time. And um, so she, my mom was ill for about a year and a half, and I was traveling back and forth to northern Indiana every time I could. And then mm. she ended up passing away. And I uh, really um, took a lot of, started to take a lot of time for myself which was really one of those amazing moments, right? It's like that was a veer moment for me because for sure. yeah. Well, first off, I, you're exhausted, right? Yeah, I was exhausted, <clears throat> brokenhearted. Mm. Uh, I felt grieving, like I lost. Yes, because that means yeah, basically yeah. you're you're grieving for the the whole time. Mm-hmm. You start grieving before they even pass. Oh yeah, actually, I started grieving as soon as I found out she was terminal. Right. So, right. It's interesting because my brother and sister-in-law, they were up with my mom in Indiana. So they lived with her, right? So I started grieving the 18 months when she was still alive, but right. she was so sick. And then after she passed, I I almost started to immediately heal because mm. I knew she couldn't stay. Right. And my brother and sister-in-law then, they started their grieving process after she passed. Mm. It's very interesting how we all grieve differently, you oh, know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's it's rough. But at mm-hmm. least you didn't avoid it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't Good avoid it. Good for you. I, yeah. I, I actually jumped right into it and and you know, it came it it allowed me to come back looking at life completely differently. Uh, just looking at how much time do I want to spend with my family? What is this really all about? Uh, what is it that's really important to me? So at that point I started giving uh, of course, still spending a lot of time with my family, but now I started doing things that meant something to my heart. Mm. Uh, right. So I started to, you know, volunteer and work with some not for profits and things like that. So that was kind of the time when I, when I, uh, really got involved with helping my community. And right. I think that's a really, really important thing to do. I'm still very involved with community. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's like yeah. I've learned yeah. that like when uh, when I was active duty military, it was like automatic. You didn't even have to think about it. You know, it was mm-hmm. like first off, you're already in a community and then and then that community makes you be in the other community. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> a lot of mandatory fun in the military. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, you kind of miss it after the, the, the retirement, the camaraderie, the community involvement. So. Now, now that I've uh, moved to Vegas, I just joined a search and rescue team. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's not something that a, a friend of mine that lived here before I moved was big into it. She's like, a, you know, one of the honchos, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be a honcho <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of nothing, yeah. you know, because I already know. She's hip deep, you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to give, but I don't want to want it to be like a 30 hour a week commitment yeah. kind of thing. I want to be able to pick and choose a little bit more than that. You know, do my whatever, 120 yes. hours a year, you know, yes. yes. And, and, but just, just being around the folks that are that committed to something that they're not paid to do <laughs> is amazing. You know, it just opens your eyes to yeah. like a, a whole different world of, uh, uh, I guess the word is commitment or, uh, you know, giving without, 
looking yeah. to get something back. Yeah. Yeah. I think commitment and caring, I think, you right. know, those are two really great words for that because you almost find that tribe when you get involved in something like that, because everyone, they're so passionate about it or else they wouldn't be there. Right. And it's just, it's, it's like a fire, right? It just ignites. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you survived these veers. <laughs> yeah, I so- survived those veers. And then I start, I decided, I, you know, in my corporate role, I was so blessed in that I was pretty entrepreneurial there too. So, you know, I'd see we needed to do something. I'd go out and do it. I reported directly to the CEO. So after it was done, I'd, you know, sit down and say, hey, Don, you know, this is what I've done. And it was great. It was wonderful. Always had his blessing. It was just awesome. Well, sounds I like a great job. <laughs> my, oh, it was. He he was really he was he's a wonderful mentor for me. So I'm mm. thankful for that. So um, about four years before I left corporate, I decided oh, I'm a little bored here. You know, I don't know, don't know I'm what not this is anymore. Kinda. Yeah, don't know what's stirring inside of me, but there's something that I just can't ignore. So I started my own business, and that was definitely candle at both ends. That was oh, right. like, right, right. Oh, you're rooming at that point. That's- oh boy. So much so that, you know, it was just crazy. I mean, I, right. I oh, try yeah. to think of a word and there isn't one. Right. Um, burnout. So burnout. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was blessed in that my business, my private business, my intuitive strategies was, was growing pretty well for considering that I was still working full time in corporate. And um, then, da da da, um, <laughs> Don decided to hire um, a COO. Wow. Okay. And it was terrible. Oh, terrible. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So you worked for the COO instead of him? Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the one thing that you really don't want to do in any kind of a business is give the people side of the business to someone who doesn't have the vision of the business or maybe who hasn't created the business, right? Because people are everything. Like people are everything in your business. And Don decided that I would start reporting to the COO and it was really a challenge and he wasn't the right fit. And, you know, Don was out doing his, his thing. He was out living his legacy, fulfilling something that he's wanted to fulfill for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, you know, charitable charitable things. And, uh, so he kind of had his mind in that. And so I ended up staying, staying at this company for another year and it was just eating me alive. And that year too was a year where, uh, we had four people between my husband and I and our family pass away in eight months. Oh, and I, uh, and my, my youngest son left for college and it was like, wow, this is like, okay. (laughs) It's really time. So I gave my notice and it was just the most amazing veer in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that, mean, that liberating feeling. Of- oh, man. You know, that's when you stand there and say, why the heck didn't I do this like three years ago? Right. 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 And um, it was liberating, except for the fact that my first year of being an entrepreneur, I probably did everything wrong. <laughs> of course. But, that, but that's kind of uh, like how it goes, right? I think yeah, everybody yeah. says they do like they they kind of like look back in the past and sort of cringe, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I started that. off 
okay, well, you know, I need a new computer and let me sit in front of my computer now for 60 hours a week instead of like getting out in the world and meeting people and Mm, (laughs) all that good stuff. So, but yeah, so that was a huge veer for me. And of course my recent and probably my biggest, um, I'm just so blessed for where I am today. Mm. And, you know, I'm so thankful that all those little things that kind of, you know, were those bumps, right? As I was doing that vroom, vroom. Yeah. They were those big bumps. But man, I am just so thankful for each and every one of them. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't move. We only do what's necessary. That's... Yeah. So, you know, you could even look at the COO as sort of like the, the last push that you needed. Yeah, he was, you know, I was so comfortable in that role that right. I could still be there now. I'd still have the yeah. great salary. I'd still have the four weeks vacation, right? The free yeah. health and dental insurance. Mm. Um, mm. But I needed him. I needed him. And um, I'm just thankful that he showed up when he did. And he was who he was. <laughs> right. It's all good. It all serves. Yes. It all serves to help you grow and, and, you know, get to where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I often look back at some of my, like when I quit my job in 2000, the end of 2010, uh, you know, I was walking away from what could have been, you know, basically it was life on easy street. You know, all I would have had to do is keep the security clearance and I would have had that desk job in the military right next to all my other Air Force buddies who did the same thing. I'd still be there. <laughs> I know because they're still yeah. there. <laughs> you know, I would see them, you know, I would, I would, most of them thought I had left town and then I would occasionally run into them uh, at the base. You know, I didn't go all that frequently, but every once in a while, I would run into somebody I used to work with and they're, they're still there, you know, and they'd go, geez, we thought you left. And I was like, no, I've been, I've been here. (laughs) You know, I did leave the office, but not the city, you know? So, yeah. 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 But I I would see that look in their face, you know, that sort of like they, they see me and I'm, I've, I've done different things (laughs) and I'm not sitting at that desk anymore. And it's just like, even if everything went wrong, and, and in my case, it kind of did a little, maybe, I don't know. Uh, at least I learned stuff. You know, I right. got out and I met people and, you know, I went, finished a, a college degree in, in psychology and that was a, a hoot. Um, I went to massage school for, for crying out loud. You know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, the great thing about massages, right, or anything that's silent is you appreciate that gap that silence oh, and that's yeah. what you grow right that like, was really the 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 you know i tell people that you know that like as a as an activity to do it's an amazing way to spend an hour being quiet with somebody that's really nice right yeah right, <laughs> right. there you go right. yeah but <laughs> everything outside of that hour or 50 minutes or whatever it is not great. No, <laughs> just my personal no. opinion. Because then, then, I, then yeah. you're hectically trying to set up for the next customer, you know. But the fifth, yeah. The, yeah. the hour is pretty damn amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. I think that so often, you know, we don't take enough time to just be silent. Right. And there's That's a true. lot that, that there's a lot that can happen during that time when you are. So hey, mm. at least you were able to do that. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And that was the time when I was like, 
I had spent years and years and years, you know, studying like Deepak Chopra and all this stuff about expanding your consciousness and being spiritual and meditation and all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So really going to massage school was like, geez, I, I wonder if that's sort of like getting it a, a woo woo job. Right. That was, <laughs> that was what I was aiming at. Right. It didn't turn out that way. I mean, no. it was a job with woo woo moments is what it, that is yes. best I could call it that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think that's life, right? Right. Like, oh, for sure. We all have our woo woo moments and then. And then you got to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. And then we got a beer. Right? You got a beer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love your, uh, you've got some nice notes on your one sheet that I want to, uh, pink pick your brain about. So I like this, this idea of, uh, don't hire the cheapest person that applies for the job. Mm-hmm. That's probably good advice. Right. But mm-hmm. it, is that counterintuitive to a lot of people? I think so. Okay. You know, so often within business and I get it right because it's all about our, the but results. The it's all line, about the right? return. Yeah. The return yeah. on investment. Um, but we have to understand that what we're really hiring are those people that are close to our own values and that right. will fit in with your team because bottom line is our team members, our employees are the ones that talk to our customers all day long, probably more than we do. Right. And our customers, our vendors, all of those kind of people are our biggest advocates. Right. Right. So yeah. You know, don't go for that cheapest person because you may pay someone two, three dollars more an hour, but they could be the one that the customer is loving, adoring, wants more of. Right. It's really important. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, and a lot of folks are, they... They do these contract to hire deals too. I've noticed that's sort of yep. like a trend, right? Mm-hmm. So is that sort of like a good way in your opinion to sort of like extend that probationary period? <laughs> <laughs> I Well, you know, this is kind of a catch 22 because okay. in a way I think it can be a really positive thing. Right. It's a positive way for the team member or the person that's being hired to get to know the organization and get to know the company right. as well as the company getting to know them. Yeah. Um, I do and you believe, get a, a though, feel for what they, how they are at work and, and what their yeah. work is like. Right. Yeah. The way they show up and how mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. And, and so I think that that side of it is a win, win, win. But when you extend it out too far, um, it gets to the point where, if you're not going to be loyal to the team member and they want to come on board for different reasons, right. why should they be loyal to you? Right. Right. Yeah. No, so, you're right. You're right. You, you know, you, I guess it just, uh, it depends on the, uh, cause none of, I, I did work a bunch of, uh, uh, contract type jobs, like temporary positions and they were, they weren't contract to hire. Right. So these are just, oh. uh, you know, and that's neat too. That is neat too. It's fun because it's more of like, uh, they treat you a lot differently. And if it, and depending on the organization, like, uh, for instance, I did a, a a temporary gig installing computers at LAX. They had like 700 plus computers that they were swapping out with new computers. Right. Yes. So, but I mean, that is, it's got a definite, you know, start middle and end. end Right. Exactly. Right. And then when you're done, you're done. Um, now, you know, I had opportunities to meet a lot of city employees and every time I did, they were like, do you know how to do this? You should go get a job with the city. (laughs) 
So right. if I had been interested in doing those things, there was a, at least I was out meeting people, right? So, so I think every experience in the work world can be super positive if you let it, you know. I, I couldn't agree more. And right. you're right. When it's those, those kind of temp positions where you know you're saying, okay, well, I'm walking in here on a six-week contract, mm-hmm. almost like you're a consultant kind of thing, right? Right, right. Exactly. That that is a lot of fun, and you you know you you are you're out there, you're meeting new people, you're learning new things. Even yep. if it's something, even if the specific thing you're doing is your skill set, you're still in a new environment, and that right. is a whole lot of fun. And I, but when it comes to hiring temp to perm, right. I think it's real real important to be mindful of when that perm date's going to be, and keep that as long as everyone's doing their end of the bargain. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, uh, you would know more than I, but is it, are are those things written out? Like you have to do, I mean, what, what, obviously the company doesn't want to overcommit, right? (laughs) Because if they wanted to, they just hire them outright. So it's the, the, there must be some sort of like a written up Mm -hmm. sort of like you have to do X, Y, and Z. And then if we like you, then we'll hire you after, you know, this much time or something. Yeah. After, after 90 days or four months or whatever it may be. That's exactly, that's exactly the way that works is typically both parties know what they're stepping into as they do. And, you know, sometimes uh, an employee or a team member, depending on the position may just want to stay 1099 for a period of time. Right. You know, right, right, right. So, um, it's just interesting. It's, it's just interesting and important to sit down and have the conversation where are we at and where do we want to go moving into the future? I think it's really important. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of like going through another career change sort of exploration, I think is the best mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Well, it's more like, um, you know, because I, I kind of had this strategy of, I just want to find an easy job, right? Which mm-hmm. is not great strategy, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because, you know, when you actually go and talk to somebody that is, say, like, you were an HR person, right, thinking about yeah. hiring me, and I come yeah. in here going, well, I'm mostly retired. I just want an easy job. Uh-huh. You don't want to hear that. No, no I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, even if I'm being honest, and I was, I was, it was true, but that's a bad strategy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like my husband fell on an application shortly after he sort of retired, right? Yeah. So I, I don't even remember where it was, but I, I came home that night. This is back when I was working. I came home that night and he was all excited. He says, yeah, he says, honey, he says, you're not going to believe it. I told him that I wanted to work three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from like 11 to two. <laughs> I they said, didn't, okay. they didn't, they weren't into that, huh? No, no one called. There were no phones. <laughs> No, no ringing off the hook. That wasn't a very good strategy. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I got to go to Walmart. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Right. Agree. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm thinking now there's a lot of folks <laughs> like me, right, that have either sort of semi-retired or, or kind of like are, are lured by the side hustle sort of situation. Uh-huh. Um, but they're not ready to be a Walmart greeter yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. You want a little bit more to do than that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so that's, that's why I, 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 I had that, you know, I was like, wow, if I were on, I, I was in a yoga class 
and uh, and the instructor asked me to stand up and stretch, and then ask myself how I'm showing up to the world, and then that that. I was suddenly on the other side of the table listening to me say, I want an easy job. I'm semi-retired. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a bad idea, you know? So yeah. that's where yeah. my career change kind of idea was like, mm, yeah, that's not <laughs> a good plan. I need to come up with something that I can at least, I don't know what it is, you know, it's something new that I can be excited about to go mm-hmm. and do a job. You know, does that make sense? Yes, it makes complete sense. Right. Maybe it might be something completely new. Maybe I'll do HR. I can spell it anyway. Maybe. You can spell it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about millennials and, and what yeah. that uh, and how say. So I'm a Gen Xer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I look at myself as not a millennial, but, you know, like I speak their language a little. Mm-hmm. But. What is, what is your experience in, in how, you know, HR as a whole is, is dealing with uh, this new generation? Oh, it drives me crazy. HR loves to stick their head in the sand and it's just so wrong, you know? <laughs> it's okay. like, because I, I have to tell you, I really appreciate and enjoy the millennials. And of there's course. a few reasons for that. Uh, number one, they've really sort of changed the way, not sort of, they've absolutely changed the way the work environment looks. Right. Um, more communication is being demanded, more flexibility, more, um, you know, don't look over my shoulder. Let me do it the way I want to do it and just trust it's going to be done. Right. Uh, they it, do great. Engagement. When, Right. Engagement. Right. right. When they know what goals when they're really clear and they know what the expectations are and you leave them alone. They really do. They're remarkable, remarkable um, and a lot of fun in that like to 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 one of the things in, in the place where I worked in corporate in particular, we were really challenged constantly with finding qualified people um, to I worked in corporate aviation um, and finding qualified people to work on the airplanes, avionics, sure. technical side. And so I would go into the colleges and I, I started really getting to know the teachers in the colleges for the, those particular trades. And I would go in and I would do different types of testing and I would get to know not only the, the teachers and the leaders, but also the students. And I'd ask them, the, the teachers, tell me who some of your best are. And I'd go and I'd just get to know them. And, you know, it was so remarkable because you more or less go to them, even in the interview process, and then you ask them to come to you. It's just, it's such a cool, everything is like reverse with the millennials. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, they are, they, they kind of are rejecting like a lot of the old shut up and color sort of. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go sit in the corner now. Yeah. Right. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> right. They'll just leave. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome. Right. It's fun. It's, are you kidding? It's just, yeah, no, it is. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. And I, in you know, I, I, I kind of understand um, where, you know, the older folks, um, you know, the boomers and the Gen X types, mm-hmm. I get where the, the rub is because I have, you know, it, I think it's just you have to change your mindset, right, about how to approach these folks that don't really want to deal with 
the things, the way things used to be and just shut up in color, you know, which that shut up in color is just not really going to make you money anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you got a lot of people that actually are engaged in doing stuff that's creative and fun and liking what they do. Um, you're, and you just want a bunch of people that are just going to pretend they're working. Right. It's not going to, it's not going to make you any money. Yeah. And I think some of the baby boomers and some of the gen X that are more creative themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know I, you know, I'm that I'm certainly that. I think that's one of the reasons why I appreciate the millennials, uh, because they do bring out this sense of fun and creativity and well, who says we have to do it that way? You know, they're right. more apt to question that constant yeah. status quo. Right. And that's where and you really need that now. Yeah. That's where, that's where amazing things happen. That's when possibilities open up. Right. You know? Right. No, yeah. For sure. It's like everybody, everybody wants to be Steve Jobs and or Elon Musk or <laughs> Tony yeah. Stark or what? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so talk a oh. little bit about, uh, what you, what you're talking about here and like the, um, the interview being uh, a process, not a conversation. Cause that's interesting to me on, from the other side of the, of the table. Cause I want to yeah. go get better at interviewing and not, you know, tell them I want to be semi-retired and not work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say, Hey, great. I'll work for someone who's semi-retired because that means I can be semi-retired. Too, yeah, right? There you go. Go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I'm in. So, um, it really is important. I think when we interview, we get really nervous, right? And, and the challenge is when we're doing interviewing, we have a tendency to like people that are like us. Right. And okay. we don't want to hire people that are like us because it wouldn't be a good thing. I mean, I'm oh, not you'd feel guilty or something. No, I'm not feel guilty, but it's like, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine having a whole room of sort of like type a extroverts running around trying to sort out the details. That's right? true. That's you true. know, we right. need someone who is going to help us for the position that we're hiring do exactly what that position is. So, so often when someone comes into interview, we love to tell them, you know, all about the company and all about the position before we even start the interview process. And that's not the thing to do. Uh, we need to allow the person to feel really comfortable, but the interview needs to be the interview right. and sorting out, asking them questions, open ended questions, and really being in the space of when they answer the question, peeling back the onion even more to mm. ask a deeper question from that answer. Right. Because wow. that's how we know if they've really done the job. Mm. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just interesting how you do walk into a typical interview and it becomes more of a conversation. It becomes more of this natural, oh, hey, I like this person. And do they, do you need to like them? Not necessarily. Right. Do they need to fit in the, into the team and be able to do what they need, do, do what the role that you're hiring them for? Yes, absolutely. Right, right, right. Nice. So you're saying you, this process business is like you want to build this process to try to take some of that subjective, emotional, irrational kind of gut feel and sort of, yeah, that's part of it, <laughs> but it's not everything, <laughs> right? 
yes. <laughs> Let's make that's sure this exactly person it. is a really good fit. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I think, you know, my, my company name is intuitive strategies for a reason, right? I right. think that keeping our intuition and creativity and innovation is something that's very important within right. the workplace. Yeah. And certainly asking the interview questions, it's listening to what's not being said as well as what is being said. It is for a sure. technique that goes with it, but really knowing um, that you're asking powerful questions so that you understand their real attitude, so that you understand whether or not they really did do this position. Um, and you can tell that. You can tell that by how detailed they answer the questions. Yeah. Uh, you, right, right. you can tell. Yeah. I, I, this, this reminds me of uh, when I interviewed for that LAX job. Mm-hmm. Remember that, that, that short-term gig I told you about? Absolutely. So I was terrified. Because not too terrified because I didn't really want the job that bad, <laughs> but I was concerned. How's that sound? Because That's up to good. that point, the guy that I was talking to that was sort of like the lead tech doing the job, I could mm-hmm. tell he was not IT. Oh, see, right, and so you know, just talking to him, I mean, he was he was trying to. So basically, he was the guy that was told by the city employees to hire somebody, right? So then he he had to go through, there was a prime contractor and then a subcontractor and he worked for the sub. So so he was just, he knew what questions they were going to (laughs) ask during the interview because he'd been through it so many times. So he just made sure, teed, teed me up and, you know, you have to know the answers to these 10 questions, right? They're only going to ask three or four or five, but you need to know, you need to talk your way through them and don't just say, I'd, I'd know if I'd look at it kind of stuff. Very good coaching mm-hmm. on his part. But in, in his coaching, I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> right, he was right. just regurgitating these questions that he knew I needed to know the answers to. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what was, that's what scared me a little. As soon yeah. as I got I, I, in. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, you know, that's why a- answering sort of like asking open ended questions like tell me about a time. Right. 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 Or, uh, you know, what was one of the most difficult periods? Right. Or right. you can ask questions like, um, have you ever been? I mean, those are all really great open. How how tell me when you were uh, really criticized because those are all things that you're you're peeling back that onion. You're you're right. finding out more. They're now starting to to open up. So, right. oh yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you do really good interviews. <laughs> 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 I've been through some some really awful interviews. Yeah. You know. You know. Kind of, yeah, the cool thing is what kind of happens when you when you just ask someone to tell you about a time it, it starts to turn into their story, right? And, right? and it's really beautiful because you start to piece together, uh, especially within the workplace at that point, because, of course, that's what you're really focusing on. Right. But you're starting to piece together all the threads of their life. So not only are you, you, you understanding whether or not, yes, they can do this role, because you're asking those types of questions, but you're also understanding what's really difficult for them. You know, where do, what do they appreciate in a supervisor? And is this person they're going to be reporting to like that at all? Mm. You know, 
how 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 is the communication how you know where where do all those factors fall because it's important right right yeah interesting the uh uh once i was at the that interview there and uh, mm-hmm. and i had my my coached questions mm-hmm. then i started talking to the guys actually doing the job that work for the city and they mm-hmm. spoke my language and suddenly everything was okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. it really is scary. It really is scary. Well, yeah. Because well, yeah. You sit there and say, man, what am I getting myself into? Right. And it was weird uh, all the way up until like they did those five questions or whatever it was, three or five questions. And and then basically I, I think I survived them. Right. <laughs> and they could they then they were they they allowed themselves to just say Okay, so I see here on your resume you work for the Air Force. So tell us what you did. Kind of very open ended, <laughs> and then oh. that's when the computer geek talk started coming out, right? So you right. know the difference between a tech refresh and a migration. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Got it. They're not the same thing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I get it. You know, and and it sounds like. Um, so now when you work with, uh, with the small companies, do you go in and do the interviews or do you just coach them on how to do their own interviews? Uh, both. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more, I, you know, I have some of the businesses that, uh, what they'll do is they'll kind of, I, I've worked with them from the very beginning and the, I have something called a find and fill formula, which is actually my process for helping businesses hire. And it's seven steps. So after I've worked with businesses, many of them still want me on board to do personality profiles and sort of a few behavioral assessments, as well as to do like a final interview. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So some of the businesses will have two or three candidates that they really like. Okay. And they'll call me in and ask me to do that interview, and they'll ask me what I think from that. So are you, are you I do leading that as well. the interviews, or are you sitting in, or a little bit of both? Pardon? Are you leading the in? So you're the interviewer. Oh, I am the interviewer, and wow. I am not sitting in. You're by this not time, in. <laughs> yeah. By, by this time, they've kind of said to me, you know, Kathy, we really love these two people, and of course, you know, yeah. this is typically for. Like the last pers- uh, position I did this for was a couple weeks ago, uh, vice president of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking those kind of positions. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. So that, gotcha. That's yeah. a pretty, pretty high up there sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, you know, I, I enjoy that side, but I also work with businesses from the very beginning, the first step, right? Getting really clear. Getting like on- your first employee. That's got to be. Yeah, getting your first employee. Now, you know, and there's got to be like this transition step too between, you know, not having employees and then having an employee because <laughs> that's a uh, big deal. And, you know, it's so funny because every every solo entrepreneur, and yeah. I get it, right? Yeah. They all say, oh, I need an assistant. Right. <laughs> that's the first thing that they say they need. Right. And the truth is, that's probably not the truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did it just to experiment. I, I didn't hire an assistant. I, uh, I actually paid some people to edit and post some podcasts for me. Oh, that's good. It, eh, it was nice because they didn't have to do it, but I, I just liked doing it my way better. 
But well, I, that, I did experiment with it, you know, and I learned yeah. that I'd just rather do it myself. And I think that's important too, right? Because part of being a solo entrepreneur and stepping into all of a sudden the role of having employees or team members, or even if they're 1099ing them, right. is we have to let go of the control. Right. And once we do that, we have to say to ourselves, well, is what they're doing still the outcome that I want it to be? Right. Or would I prefer to do it myself so that I have the outcome I want? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it is. It's really interesting because the most important part, I think, especially being, well, any, it doesn't matter if you're a solo entrepreneur or if, you know, you have that big business, is you really need to be clear about what the position is and what your real needs are. Because like I said, so many times people just say, oh, I need an assistant and come to find out they don't. You know, they might right. need that social media expert. They might need that wordsmith who's amazing at writing copy and newsletters and all of that. You know, there's so many different things, different people, different uh techniques and strategies out there that it's important to be really clear on what it is that you're looking for. Right. No, for sure. Right. You know, and you know, I think Tim Ferriss in his book, he said, you know, mm -hmm. just go hire somebody off of Fiverr yeah. or something just to get used to it. I'm an advocate of that. But after that, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. now you've practiced and you've gotten over your fear of hiring somebody after yeah. that, then, yeah, because it, yeah. hiring people on Fiverr is just like wasting $5, well, but it's say, only $5. You <laughs> might want to go to Fiverr and then from Fiverr, maybe go to Upwork yes. and then maybe think about <laughs> yeah, keep going hiring up. that 1099 right. or that employee. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and the, the, when I got to do my taxes, it, you know, that, that 1099 person, you know, it was treated almost exactly the same. I was just below the threshold. So I think, I don't know if this is a California thing or if it was a federal thing, but my, my annual ex, uh, expenditure uh, hiring those podcast people was mm -hmm. just barely below the threshold to say that those 1099 people were employees. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. You know, and I was yeah. just like, yeah. oh, I'm glad yeah. I found that out. <laughs> I'm glad I just made the threshold. <laughs> right. I was just below it. Exactly. Because it opens up a whole new tax can of worms, as you well yes. know. I know. Yes, it sure does. It yeah. sure does. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I, I barely made it. I just barely. I was like, oh, because I didn't know. I just got lucky, you know. Yeah. I just decided yeah. to, you know, not pay them anymore. And then that total, <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh. well, you know, it, just like you said, it was like they were doing the work. I couldn't complain that they weren't doing the work. It was just not, I wanted the control back. I wanted and that's it okay. my way <laughs> and, and on my time. Right. And, you know, yep. and as long as that's true and I'm, I'm okay and I have time to do it myself, then I'm okay with that. You know, maybe oh, in the future, you know, and I'm making, you know, six figures doing a podcast like that, that would a little, like that would ever happen. You know, then, <laughs> then obviously I should definitely pay somebody right. to do it way I, better I, than me. I think what's really important is, you know, when we have our life vision in our mind, right. And of course our, you know, the income or, or the money that comes in is important. Our business is important. Our spirituality, our family, our relationships, all of that comes together. Um, what it is, is in your business is making sure that you're, you're really out in the world doing what you're best at yeah. and that you're happy doing that. 
Right. Because I, when I first started my business, you know, I tried to do my own books. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, terrible right. trying to like figure yeah. out QuickBooks and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, oh my gosh. I did now too. I have- when I was doing massage, I tried to do that too. Uh, I won't, I won't try again. I figured, no, you know, I no. knew how to do, uh, uh, what, what TurboTax. So bookkeeping can't be that much more difficult. Oh man. But it turns out it's a real pain in the butt. It is a real pain Especially in the butt. if that's not your thing. So I just, I just, I don't remember what tax year it is. And I just hope that tax year I'm never audited. <laughs> that's <one thing. laughs> you and me both. I think I had oh, a couple man. of those. <laughs> I, I paid extra for audit protection. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the IRS would take a note saying, hey, I gave it my best shot? <laughs> Probably. Oh, man, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just things like that, right? Yeah. You, you learn, though. <laughs> See, but that's yeah. that's a really good, uh, for instance, to, you know, that's something you should pay somebody else to do for sure. You don't have to think about that one too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're making money, pay somebody to do the books. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, so I will give you the last word. Um, I know you've got, you are at uh, intuitivestrategies.com. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we wrap it up? Well, I just am so appreciative that I'm here today. And thank you everyone for listening. It was just such a fun interview. And um, I wanted you to know that if you want to contact me, if you want to connect with me, you can go out to intuitivestrategies.com and leave a message there. And I also have a freebie for you. Uh, We were talking a little bit today about hiring. And I have something out there called a find and fill formula. Uh, And it's an ebook. And so you can find it under intuitivestrategies.com backslash find dash A-N-D and dash fill backslash backslash. Wow. Backsplash works too. <laughs> I'll put a backsplash and a backslash. And, I, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So that'll be easier. So. Yeah, please do. Will yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. So talk a little bit about what you can find in that book, that ebook. Yeah. Well, what it is, is it's actually a lot of my process for the way to hire right the first time. And right. so it talks about job descriptions and getting really detailed. And there's some great interview questions in there and how to bring someone on and really give them a good orientation and where to go. Like instead of just putting ads in Indeed or, you know, something like that, where to go to find the right applicants so that you can really pick the best of the best. Yeah. Cool. You know, I might look at that and see if it'll help me get a job. Hey, yeah. (laughs) You can find, you know, what I really think you could do. What's that? I really believe, Jeff, you could find a wordsmith that could help you spruce up your message. Okay. About, yeah, spruce up the message about, you know, wanting to be retired and all that kind of stuff and make it sound really awesome. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And not Uh, the other thing. (laughs) And not the other thing. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. All right. Well, thank you, Kathy. This has been a blast. Yeah, you're welcome. I really enjoyed myself. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Thank you.